Babies take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs>
I can't even really say intense, but they were. I'm. I think it might be because of the uh, the decapitation scene and the uh, <laughs> hand cutting scene. That's mm-hmm. that's what I could maybe see uh, striking a chord back in 1970. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I don't know, maybe there was a big, I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, but maybe rabies, there was a big rabies scare back in the 70s. I don't know. Who well, knows? Who back knows? in, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you knew when you were looking this up, but uh, when this was originally out in theaters or whatever, it was, it was presented as a double feature and you had I Drink Your Blood and I Eat Your Skin. Yes, and actually... Which... I, I don't know if yours does, but my Grindhouse releasing actually has both uh, movies in it. Well, usually when they release the film, they always do give you I Eat Your Skin as a bonus, but it doesn't seem that the 88 films version has it, unfortunately. Okay. Well, then I'm going to I'm gonna have to watch the other one, because I think it's actually well, the, got the, a... The funny, the funny thing about I Eat Your Skin is it's actually a 60s film, and they just sort of bought the rights to it and changed the name to present it as a double feature. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, I didn't read all the description of the movie, so I will have to get into that one then soon, uh, very soon here, and see how that one fares. One last time, I Drink Your Blood, 6.0 on IMDb, directed by David E. Durston. The biggest, bloodiest horror show in history. I drink your blood. Men become animals and eat their victims. I drink your blood. A young boy infects an entire town with rabies. Turns a group of men into a band of bloodthirsty zombies ravaging a peaceful countryside. <laughs> I drink your blood will make your blood curdle and your skin crawl. <laughs> but you will sit there and suffer. Through the tortures of the dam. You will sit and watch this shocking ugliness splashing across the screen. You will ask yourself. What acts of sadism will this electric knife be used for? What horrors will be performed with this axe? This hose? This dagger? This gun? This sword? All the implements necessary to make this the ultimate in adult horror films. painted a bloody picture, but it is only a small part of what actually takes place in I Drink Your Blood. Can you take it?
If you have a strong constitution, we challenge you to test it and sit through. I drink your blood. Let's dig into this one here a little bit, and, uh, you know, we can have our, our normal discussions as per usual. But, uh, so right off the bat, there's a bunch of nude acid heads, and they're holding a uh, satanic ritual. And I didn't bother to write down what they were chanting, but I know they were talking about, you know, I'll live for him, uh, I'll die for him, I'll kill for him, and something else. And then, they're you know, they're holding up the devil horns, you know, to make it look like they're actually uh, praying to Satan or something like that. Um, yeah, it's all just exaggerated satanic nonsense, which, you know, isn't actually what Satanism is about. But <laughs> Right. And then you, you catch a glimpse of, well, you come to know her eventually, but for now they call her a local girl. She gets caught spying. She's chased down by the, the nude uh, Satan worshippers. Eventually, she's uh, she's raped. They, they rape her off screen, so you don't actually see that. So we're not looking at, like, I spit on your grave or, you know, last house on the left or anything like that. But um, you find out that Sylvia is her name. She starts kind of walking home, and you, you can see her, like, holding her private areas. Obviously, there's been some kind of trauma there, and... <laughs> I call him Dougie, the the little boy. Dougie sees Sylvia, goes running up to her to help her. And then at this point, the 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 satanic group and I did did you happen to catch like did they have a like a, a cult name or anything? I just called them the group or the hippies. Yeah, I, I just refer to them as the hippies for real. That's usually what the the town folk call them. Okay. The hippies or the, the acid heads or whatever. Well, if they have a fucking name, I don't fucking know. They, they, <laughs> they pose to be so many different things. One minute they're a satanic cult, then they're a rock group, and then they're a theater group. So who fucking knows what their name is? I just, yeah, a cover-up to to uh, what they're doing. So yeah. Okay, so the, the, the group, the hippies... Uh, they're driving into town now, and their truck stalls out. So they they all kind of get out of the get out of the uh, their truck. There's one guy sleeping in the back, and and I love they you know they they don't wake him up. They just push him off, or they <laughs> they roll the truck off or down a ravine into a, a creek bed. <laughs> And uh, you know, he... yeah, the, the, the first the first time I watched this, I thought they were trying to kill this guy. And I was <laughs> like, "Is this how this group has banter? They just fucking murder their friends?" <laughs> right. And you know, well, you know, the funny part is, is that eventually they actually end up they do end up killing him. So um... <laughs> yeah, but why is this guy fucking wasting his time with these morons? <laughs> I know. So they 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 push the truck down the ravine, and then a little bit later, so they and then they start walking into town. They show up into town, and they're talking to, like, one of only, what, six people that live in town now, because apparently the whole town is up and left, and and I don't really remember why. Something to do with uh, a dam being built. It was built. to do with a dam being built, yeah, so yeah. everybody's just fucked off. Most of the uh, houses are vacant now. So they show up under the guys. I, I guess this was just their way of getting around not having to hire many people to be in this film <laughs> probably although well although towards the end there does there is quite a few of them but yeah, um, yeah true 
So the group shows up, they show up in town, and they're, they're under the guise of being like a religious group or a rock group or something. They they go to the bakery and they talk to uh, Mrs. Nash, I believe was her name. She tells them, you know, like, you know, there's really nothing in town. But they end up going out and finding a, an abandoned house or an abandoned motel. They have a rat hunt because apparently the house is infested with rats. The, the kid the kid stops them and he's basically like, oh, you don't want to go in that house. It, it's haunted. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, and it's full of rats. So which is the main problem? The fucking spirits or the rats? <laughs> you know, if, well, I, if I was going into a house that was allegedly haunted, I'd be more worried about the goddamn poltergeist than the goddamn rodents. <laughs> well, they end up taking care of the rats. Uh, and they yeah, take... was it the, the the leader of the cult or group or whatever they are you know he says oh whoever can bring all the fucking whoever brings me the most rats gets to be supreme leader for the night yes yeah, like, so... supreme like you fucking North Korea <laughs> right so and and you know I guess one of the things that I did notice about this movie is and I, you know Peter's gonna come calling but I think the violence against the animals, the rats, and later on a goat and a chicken and everything else, I think that was real. Yeah, I definitely got the impression that it was genuine animal cruelty because the it looked too real for the time, so I don't think it, it was any sort of practical effect. Yeah. If it was, then you know, fair play because they are uh, pretty decent, but... I'm leaning towards more believing that there was genuine animal cruelty in this, which, you know, I'm not really okay with. Yeah, and, and I mean, if they were killing them, hopefully they used, you know, or at least used them for, uh, you know, food. At, at least at least in Cannibal Holocaust, they can say that, you know, after they killed the turtle, that they used the turtle for food uh, to feed the uh, villagers. Yeah, wasn't there just, I mean, I haven't seen uh, Cannibal Holocaust, I know, you know, big fucking mark of shame on me, but <laughs> I, I always heard their defense of including animal cruelty as what they they were just filming what the, the tribe would be doing anyway, uh, so it's not like, it's not like they were genuinely going out of their way, sort of. Yeah, well, I believe so, but regardless at least the story goes is that they did actually use the animals to feed the villagers you know that were filmed in the in the movie so whether that's true i don't know i know a lot of people have a hard time with the turtle killing and the little the muskrat or weasel whatever it was that was tied up to the stake by the uh by the lake but that's at least the rumor so but anyway so sylvia is now recovering after being beaten and raped and Gramps, I got a real creeper vibe from this scene. Gramps wants to hear all the sordid details of the rape. I mean, I mean, did you get like a, like a, ooh, I'm creeping on you. I want, you know, let me know exactly what happened. Because he asked her point blank. Tell me exactly what happened. I mean, maybe, I, I, I don't know. I didn't get the creeper. I got the more the he wants to know what happens and do something about it kind of okay. touch to it. All right. But yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. It's, <laughs> it's you know, I, I was assaulted. Is that not really a, enough of a description? It's, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to the police, but I don't really want to talk to my, my granddad about how I was horribly raped. <laughs> All right. Now the group 
the hippies, the acid heads, the Satanists, whatever, uh, they decide they're going to test the faithfulness of one member by slashing the bottom of his feet and then swinging him by rope uh, up in the attic. Now, this is the same member that was pushed down the hill in the truck. Yeah, he's, he's got a rough deal. He really has. <laughs> I think out of all the people in the group, he is treated probably the worst. Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, they, yeah I, and I don't really understand the slashing of the bottom of the feet. But, they, yeah, they, they, they cut the bottom of his feet, and then they haul him upstairs into the attic, and they hang him by a rope. Uh, like around, or, you know, the rope goes under his armpits, and then they start swinging him back and forth, and the blood is, like, kind of spraying and, sla- sl- like, sloshing all over the place. Yeah, and this is where the, the granddad comes in, who's also, like, the the town vet. Right. And he's like, the, f- the fuck is going on here? And they're <laughs> like, oh, you know, we're uh, we're doing a horror theater show, and we're just we're just practicing, like, sure you are, guys. Fucking sure you are. <laughs> right. So this is actually, what, the third excuse that the that the group gives, you know, as their identity. But anyway, so, yeah, like Richard said, Sylvia's Gramps goes to get rid of the group. Um, he gets beat and drugged. Dougie, I, I, well, I, I know what his name is. I think it's Pete. But anyway, I call him Dougie. Anyway, so Dougie follows Gramps, and he gets nabbed by Horace and the gang. Horace is the leader, and I, I guess you could best describe him as, I don't know, he almost looks like, uh, what, Native American or, I don't know, Filipino or something. I, I know they're not the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I, but... <laughs> I was getting Native American vibes. Okay. Um, I, w- I, w- I will say one thing for this. For a, a 70s horror film, it's pretty diverse. Uh, yeah, be, well, yeah, there's Horace, who's Native American. You've got the black guy, which I never caught his name. Um, uh, it's something like Raul or something like that. They okay. said it a few times. Okay. You've got Hooters, Prego, the Mute, the uh, Asian Doll. I, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> there is a lot of people in the movie, and I didn't know any of their names except for Horace. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, funnily enough, the uh, the mute girl that you were talking about, she was also in David Cronenberg's Shivers and George Romero's The Crazies. So she's got some good horror credentials. Okay. All right. Well, I, yeah, I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> so Dougie gets nabbed by Horace and the group, and somehow he gets away. But anyway, he, he gets pissed. He goes home and he grabs a shotgun and a flashlight that's bigger than he is. Uh, and he goes hunting for a mad dog with rabies. And somehow he knew the dog was out there. But So he ends up shooting the dog and killing it. And he goes back home to get uh, medical or vet supplies to uh, extract the blood for, or the rabid blood from the dog. The next morning, he goes to the bakery, which... I don't know if Mrs. Nash was his mom or if it was just one other person in the town, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't think they were related. I think it's just one of those close-knit communities where everybody knows everybody and they all look out for each other. Okay. And if there's he, only... He, he goes in with the, you know, oh, you know, Sylvia's, you know, been fucking raped, so uh, I'll come help you for the day. 
And and if there's only what I mean, there's literally only like six or eight people left in town, so they would yeah, probably all be. Is there a need be... for a bakery? Like, surely there's not going to be all that much business going. Well, I think at one point they did say that you know the bakery needs to stay open because you know if the people start coming back or the workers need you know stuff to eat too. So, but so he goes to the bakery. Dougie goes to the bakery in the morning. And he's talking to Mrs. Nash, and he says, you know, hey, the the hippie group or the theater group or the rock stars or whatever, they're in town. You should really make more pot pies or meat pies. And as she goes back into the kitchen to make the to make the new ones, he's injecting the rabid blood into the meat pies planned for the hippies. Yeah, I, I don't remember if we mentioned it or not, but... When the vet was at the house, they drugged him with LSD. Right. Which is why the the kid's so pissed with them. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Because the granddad's like absolutely fucked. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's hallucinating something, if I remember correctly, something about butterflies or something like yeah. that. But, um, so, of course, just a few minutes later, two, and I think it was Raul and Hooters, comes in, and they buy a dozen of the meat pies, and they go back to the abandoned motel, and they, they start... They, they buy it reluctantly, don't they? Because they've already had pies yesterday, and they were like, oh, come, can't we have... But the kid, like, really pushes him. Oh, He's yeah. Like, oh, you know, you can have the fucking pies for a quarter of a piece if you take a dozen of them. Quarter of a piece, yep. And that's when I'd be suspicious. I'd be like, "Why do you really want us to take these pies? You know, we uh, not have something else." Of course, they are. They're they're probably still on acid. So, but so they yeah they buy the meat pies. They take them back to their uh, abandoned motel, and they all start chowing down on them, uh, except for one, Andy. Andy does not eat them because, as you said, they just had them yesterday, and he doesn't want them again. So. He sort of, like, flings it away in a huff, doesn't he? Like, you know, you ungrateful little dick. He does. I mean, it, it, it's a, I mean, it, 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 in the end, it, it helps him because he doesn't get fucking rabid, but you don't <laughs> get what you're fucking given. Right. Everybody starts to feel like shit. They're all immediately complaining of upset stomachs. Uh, they start getting the sweats. They start getting, you know, just like angry with yeah, each other. Isn't, isn't the uh, the pregnant woman the first one to complain? And they just say, "Oh, it's you know, it's just morning sickness. There's nothing to worry about." Yeah, she she And then, she and then does... it's Raoul who starts uh, getting cramps. I think Ra- Raoul does... is. He, he yeah. claims they're like Satan's cramps. Like, does everything you need, <laughs> right. everything in your life have to be satanic? Right. Yes. Well, I've got the satanic runs today. Uh, yes. The pregnant lady does say that it smells funny and tastes funny. So then she gives hers to Horace. But it is Raul who starts getting sickest uh, first. Everybody kind of comes to realize that it probably was Dougie that planned them getting sick and that he did something to the meat pies. The hippies, as we said, they're all starting to get sick. They're all outside and they're talking, you know. They're all sweating. They're starting to get stomach cramps and they're starting to go mad. And and Raul goes back inside. And at this point, I didn't even know this guy's name, but the dude who had his feet slashed and was hanging by the rope, um, they've actually brought him back downstairs and he's laying on a table with his legs elevated so he doesn't bleed out. And Raul comes in and he grabs a, what looked like a letter opener and just goes ham on this guy's chest 
stabs him eight, ten times, whatever it is, and then he goes running off. And he's just starting to get the the uh, the foam on his mouth, and he finds an axe, and he comes back to uh, the motel. He attacks the group, and then he cuts the foot off of the already dead dude. So, <laughs> you know, he's the first one to start going nutso from the rabies. And and I think overall, he's probably the worst one overall in, in terms of the symptoms. Yeah. So then at this point, the entire hippie group is going bonkers. Andy, who is one of the hippies, he is the one who did not eat the meat pie, so he's not sick. He runs off to tell Sylvia what's going on, that the rest of his group, the rest of the satanic hippies, are getting sick. Mrs. Nash, who is, I guess, Dougie's mom, or whatever she is, she calls her boyfriend, who's been working at the dam with a bunch of his lackeys or i don't know if he was like a foreman or if he was did you ever catch what he was exactly i definitely get the vibe he was in charge okay he seemed to know the ins and outs of everything yeah okay so then he was probably the foreman so he he has a bunch of his lackeys a bunch of the, the workers go back into town to see what's up you know with the with the group so they go and they find the abandoned house, or the abandoned motel, and they're looking for the hippies. Oh, I just named the dead guy Whitey. So, <laughs> uh, Mac finds Whitey dead after he puts his hand in a big puddle of blood underneath him. Um, and they go upstairs, and then Horace ends up hanging Mac by the neck with the rope that was used to hang Whitey up. Let's see. Another one of the lackeys, who I named Toby, gets gutted by <laughs> gets gutted by Horace. Andy and Sylvia now are sucking face in a barn, and Dougie comes in and confesses to poisoning the pies. So there's a lot going on in a little short time at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it seems, it seems at this point they were starting to rush into the meat and bones of the film. Yeah, because, I mean, the beginning was kind of slow. The, the first half sort of slow, yeah. and then it sort of ramps up out of nowhere. It, it does, and this is exactly where it happens. So now the lackeys bring Hooters back to their bunk room at the dam, and they start shagging her. This is where Hooters freaks out. So they take her, and, and they put her in a shower, and of course, if you've got rabies, you know, they apparently you're hydrophobic you hate water yeah yeah because they sort of they switch back and forth to the scenes of uh the woman or hooters as you call her getting down and dirty there's like little cuts of exposition right in between some of the village folk talking about the effects of rabies yes because yeah in the meantime the gramps is giving a breakdown to the boyfriend or exposition to the boyfriend the side effects of having rabies. Pre- <laughs> Prego and Muti <laughs> now walk into town uh, to the bakery and they run into a nice old lady who <laughs> offers them food. <laughs> what did I say? Muti cuts NOL. Oh, Muti cuts nice old lady's hand off with an electric knife. <laughs> Yeah, the old lady, like, starts carving them some fucking pretty tasty-looking ham. <laughs> right. And then uh, the fuck 
fucking bitch from Shivers, she just like starts gliding a finger on the electric carving knife right. and thinks, fuck it, I'm going to pick this up and lob a fucking hand off. <laughs> she does. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 know, I know these fucking carving knives are pretty, they're pretty tough, but well, they, can they really cut through human bone that easily? I don't know, but you know what? And and I'm going to say it here on I'd, a I'd podcast. Be, I'd be worried if you did know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, go straight for it. I, I've, I've brought this up on Twitter several times and probably once or twice on Instagram, but I want somebody to do... Actually, I think we talked about it, but I want somebody, probably on Shudder, to do like a Mythbusters-style show that deals exclusively with horror kills. You know, can you freeze a face in that really cold shit and then shatter it on a countertop? Can you cut an arm off with an electric knife? You know, is there somebody strong enough to grab and swing somebody into a tree that's in a sleeping bag? Shit like that. I've said it. I want it. I'm calling for it. If I had the money, I would start that fucking show in a heartbeat if I had the knowledge how to do it, damn it, I want that show. I'm saying it right now. Horror Mythbusters or horror, you better know. Get, uh, better get playing the lottery or uh, <laughs> hope your fucking podcast goes fucking huge and you start raking in the uh, advertising dollars. When it starts going huge, it's already huge. <laughs> um, so are, you, are you in like competition with the uh, last podcast on the left now? I am actually, yes. But no, uh, yeah, I, I would kill for a movie like that, no pun intended, or a show like that, you know? Just something visually, you know, because the myth, the Mythbusters actually did the uh, the coldy face, you know, countertop smash, the liquid nitrogen, yeah. liquid nitrogen. They did that. Now I think I'm pretty sure they disproved it, but you know, nobody has ever covered like all the really good kills. You know, could you do this? And and a, and a platform like Shutter would be absolutely perfect. You know, a t- I mean, shit. Look at all the plays that you know Joe Bob's show gets, but. You know yep. what I mean? And I'm, I'm trademarking this idea right now, here live on the air. I'm trademarking it, a horror-style Mythbusters show that deals exclusively with horror movie kills to prove or disprove if they could ever happen. Trademark now. So What are you going to call this show? That beats the fuck out of me. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't thought that far because nobody's ever... Nobody's ever given me more time than a couple, uh, you know, likes on uh, on Twitter. Well, maybe some maybe some uh, <laughs> high executive from Shudder's listening right now, and they're waiting for your pitch. This could be your <laughs> moment of glory. Ah, uh, well, if it got that far, I would come up with a title. Let's put let's put it that way. So yeah. Anyway, Prego and Muti they walk into town and they go to a nice old lady's house, and she offers them food. As Richard said, Muti starts running her fingers over the electric knife blade and she gets the brilliant idea to cut the nice old lady's hand off with the electric knife. You know, Prego now, she's freaking out because I don't think she intended on killing anybody. Uh, But Muti walks out of the hand and she's, or walks out of the house and she's just kind of holding the hand there like nothing happened. So, yeah, because the old woman comes out like screaming in agony, and right. then the mutie comes out with the severed hand, like, look what I did. Wait. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Hooters is now found dead, and the lackeys are apparently all infected now, but they're chasing uh, the boyfriend, Doc, and some other dude 
they chase them into the quarry, which has a pond or a, a stream, you know, running through it. And the trio start splashing water on the infected to keep them away. Because, again, they got rabies. They're hydrophobic. They do not like water. Cut back to Horace, who's been wandering through town this whole time. He he kills... He, he the, the snake farmer's got, like, a giant python in a cage. And Horace goes in there, and he, he finds the, you know, the python. The old man comes out, and he's got, I don't know, what do you call those? Like, onesies or something? I don't even know. Like, the, the old... Um, uh, long johns? It, was it long johns? Yeah, like the old-timey sleep... Yeah, like, sort of all-in-one long johns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he gets... I didn't catch if he got hit or stabbed or something, but it, you see him spit his dentures the, out. Uh, was the, the, what's his name? The fucking, the leader of the cult guy. He sort of like mounts him. Horace. Yeah, Horace. He like mounts the snake dude. Okay. And it looks like he's about to snap his neck. Yeah. But then sort of realizes he's not strong enough. So I think mean, he just like strangles him. But I swear like you see him like cough his guts up or something. And I'm like, how did that happen? I think it was his dentures. Oh, right. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, that's right. He jumps on his back. Yeah. And he starts trying to strangle him from behind. And, yeah, I think the old man's dentures go flying out. Um, (laughs) So, Prego at this point realizes what's going on. And she sits down because she, she finally realizes that everybody in the, in the group has rabies. And she, when she comes to this realization, she sits down next to a tree and there just happens to be like a rope there. And she starts pulling on the rope and the rope is attached to a wooden stake driven in the ground. So she ends up stabbing herself in the stomach to kill the baby. I don't know if she killed herself, but she ended up stabbing herself. I'm going to assume her... so because I don't think you see her again. Uh, you do not. So there's well, probably a good the, chance The great that... thing is though, before she fucking impales herself and a fucking poor unborn baby uh-huh. she bumps into uh sylvia and and gang and the blonde the blonde haired dude's just like no it's not there's nothing really we can do we can't really help it and they just fuck off right. like, i get it she's infected with rabies but she's pregnant right and she's not shown any signs of infection yet and it's like at least try and help the poor woman right uh, that's right yeah because yeah yeah andy and sylvia tell her that uh, rabies is what's going on. So yeah, the base is like, well, you're fucked. Right. Bye. <laughs> I generally feel a bit bad for her because she starts like fucking crying her eyes out. She was wearing a I wig, seems, and I didn't understand. She seems like the only one in the group who seems to be like a somewhat decent human being. For the most part, she is. Um, and I think maybe it's because she's pregnant that she's like, you know, she doesn't want to do all this stuff, or, or you know. Maybe she's thinking strictly about the baby. I don't know. But, yeah, so, yeah, Prego is dead now. Okay, so the black guy and China Doll, I never caught her name either, are stalking the towns the townspeople at this point. Raul, if you say his name is Raul, okay. <laughs> it's, it's something like that. It's, I can't say for sure it's Raul, but it's okay. Ralu or Rallo or something like that. All right, so they're stalking the townspeople, and at this point, Raul is extremely infected and he's got like toothpaste foam yeah, all he, over his mouth. he seems to be the most fucked out of all of them right and Dougie, I, definitely, I definitely think he gives the best performance as an, an infected person well he does well i mean 
really because he's the most infected i think you know he has the chance to just act the craziest yeah he gets to play with it a lot more yeah you know and i mean how hard is it to act looney tunes but anyway so dougie sylvia and andy go back into the barn or a barn for whatever reason they they look up into the rafters and they see uh gramps dead by a pitchfork through his neck and he's stuck to the wall. So Horace now comes back into town. He sees the, uh, well, China doll. And she just self-immolates. She sets herself on fire because I guess... Yeah, because you know, I, I thought she was planning on burning the bakery. Well, that's what I thought. all over the uh, the porch. Right. And just before that, there was a scene with the Mrs. Horace. Was uh, that her name? Oh, Mrs. The, Nash. The, Mrs. Nash. And the foreman dude, and he was like, oh, you need to keep yourself safe. Here's a shotgun. Right. You know, if you need to use it, use it. Board up the windows. And she's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do. I'll, I'll go hide in the cellar. And then that's when the Asian lady comes in and starts dousing the fucking petrol all over the porch. And I thought her plan was to burn that down. But then she just lights herself on fire. Right. And I, and I think that's... Because she's, in... she's sort of like staring out Mrs. Nash, like, I'm coming for you. Exactly. And the foreman drives and parks his car in front of her. And he sort of scares her off, and she backs away like, oh, fucking hell, the car, can't mess with him. But, yeah, Horace finds her, and he starts coming towards her. So, you know, he's, well, I, you know, Horace and Raul are are getting ready to fight. But I think I think China Doll just, you know, she self-immolates or sets herself on fire. Maybe, A, because she knew she had rabies and she didn't want to, you know, she I guess maybe she wanted to take herself out her own way. That's, what? Yeah, that's what the vibe I got when she started doing it. I just didn't originally think that was her plan. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree. I thought she was going to try and set the bakery on fire. So Raul and Horace now, they're fighting back and forth. The, the, uh, the lackeys are chasing the trio of Andy, Sylvia, and Dougie. They end up cutting Andy's head off because Mrs. Nash is a bitch, and she wouldn't let them into the bakery. They were I all... know, what a fucking dick. <laughs> she... They're pounding on... They're all, like, fucking pleading. Like, bearing in mind, there's, like, the fucking kids with them. Well, and she, she seems to have some some level of affection you, for this little kid. They're and all... she's like, no, I ain't coming in. Saving myself. They're Fuck all pounding guys. on the window, and... I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe she thought they were infected and were just pounding trying to get in. That that would be the only reason she wouldn't let them in. But at the same time, they were I, all I, talking. I can't even accept that because they're literally screaming, like, let us in, let You're, us right. in. Uh, yeah, that's exactly, none of, none exactly what I was saying. None of the other seem to really be able to communicate. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I just, yeah, from here on out, I called her Mrs. Bitch. He's an absolute cunt. (laughs) So, Raul ends up killing Horace with his own sword. This was kind of cool. He sticks it in Horace's back, and it actually comes out up through his mouth, um, which was, you know, that one was kind of cool. But, so now the the lackeys attack uh, Mrs. Bitch, Dougie, and Sylvia. The bitch gets her car flipped. She gets bit. Now... Yeah, but it doesn't really come to anything. It does not come to anything because... You, you also miss the fact that the, the blonde dude gets his fucking goddamn head lobbed off. Uh, I did say that. Yeah, the lackeys cut off oh, Andy's no. head. Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, the... to, to be fair, the... the uh... 
the decapitated head didn't look too bad. It was a bit pale. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. But... Look, it didn't look super amazing, but but for a low budget nineteen seventy horror movie, it was fairly decent. Right, and again, that could be what garnered them the X rating. I don't know. It's hard to hard to say. Just like in House of a Thousand Corpses. No, I'm sorry, not House of a Thousand Corpses, but uh, what's the second one he did? Uh, the Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. Just like in Cabin Fever, the cops end up showing up at the very last minute, and they blow them all away. So now yeah, all the lackeys of, are dead. Just, they just come in and that's it. It's dealt with. Okay, you know, everybody go home. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna blow up the town at this point, kind of thing. And then yeah. you get a little bit more exposition from the doctor, who's talking to the boyfriend, and he says, "Death by hydrophobia is agony." I, I guess I don't know. You don't really die from well, you die from hydrophobia because you're afraid to drink water. So you ultimately I, the way he explained it was kind of weird. You get super yeah, thirsty. Yeah, he says, like, death by hydrophobia is agony. And that's just how the film ends. That's Yeah, that's how it ends. But when earlier when he was explaining rabies, he says that you get super thirsty, super aggressive, but you're afraid of water and you can't swallow. So ultimately you die of thirst, which is just, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be kind of a... Yeah, and then, yeah, credits roll. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> This was a weird one, man. I mean, I'm glad to have finally seen it, but being that it holds the distinction of being the first movie to get an X rating for just its violence, again, it, it didn't really seem all that violent. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like we said, there's definitely worse films from this era, but... right. You know, something's got to be the first. You know, it's probably just, it's probably the first one that's registered after the ratings have came in and they're just like, yeah, this is too much X rating. It, it could be. Now, we briefly talked about it before. Rob Zombie, okay? Yeah. For yeah. for what kind of actor or what kind of director he is, the the sound effects, and I'll, I'll try to find them and add them in later, but the sound effects... The the musical score were I swear for his movies are ripped directly from this movie. Yeah, that been like all, pretty much all his films are just callbacks to seventies films. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's either directly took the soundtrack or tried to replicate it as close as possible in in some examples. So yeah, this is a weird movie. I don't really think it was bad. 
I don't think it got, I don't think it deserved an X rating, but like you said, it was one of those, it, it had to be, or there had to be a first, and it was one of those movies where, you know, I guess it was just violent enough that for 1970, it could have gotten that rating. So, but let's go on to yeah, the. I, I think I think if it was it to, if it was to be um, re-rated, it'd probably get pushed down to an R. Is that the one? I'm not really. Yeah. Yep. R rating. I'm not really too in the lingo with uh, the U.S. rating systems. Yeah, an R rating is is pretty much you know like that's what Cabin Fever got. That's what most of the Friday the Thirteenth get. Basically, any horror most, movie most, that most films try to avoid getting an X rating over there, don't they? Uh, generally, right at this point, X rating is relate or is strictly uh, limited to porn. Now. Going back to our last episode uh, with Daniel, and we covered Frontiers or Frontiers, that got an NC-17 rating. Now, an NC-17 rating is like the kiss of death for theater releases. Um, anything right. that gets an NC-17, you know, it, it will not be released in theaters. Now, obviously, a rated X is reserved for porn. But yeah, so our horror movies generally tend to stick to an R rating, uh, which just means restricted and nobody under 17 admitted without an adult, you know, in quotations. Right, because over here it goes U, which means uh, suitable for anybody, PG, which means parental guidance, but that's more advisory. Right. And it goes up to a 12A, which means you have to be 12 or accompanied by an adult, and then 15, and then 18, okay. and then that's it. Yeah, see, we've got G, which is general audiences, PG, parental guidance, PG-13, R, NC-17, and X. And, like, Poltergeist was rated PG, and it was actually um, not James Cameron, but the other guy, Steven Spielberg, who pushed for a PG-13 rating. Uh, I believe... Yeah. I believe Gremlins is actually PG. You know that gets pretty pretty nasty at some points too. So (laughs) yeah, uh, Gremlins is a twelve over here. Okay, so but let's move on to our scores, and we'll start with the gore score. So what would you give this on the gore score out of ten? Oh, um, by today's standards, uh, maybe a three. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's there's a bit of blood. You know, there's a bit of dismemberment, beheading, but there's not gallons and gallons of blood. Right. Yeah, I would put this at about a three, maybe a three and a half or a four. I mean, you know, if we're going with Evil Dead 2013 as a 10, I'd put this, yeah, right around a three or a four. So that sounds fair. And then what about your overall score? Oh, God. Um, I'd say may, maybe maybe a six being quite biased i think it's got its charms and i'm just a sucker for these sort of low budget driving style 70s horror films yeah this is like my bread and butter <laughs> so yeah so I, I i i would go just slightly lower i would go five but i would also give it a thumbs up and say it's definitely one you should watch just yeah, I, because I, I think if you're one of the people that's interested in seeing the progression of horror it's it's definitely worth checking out yeah and and if you're a fan of rob zombie's movies you know his current movies uh house of a thousand corpses the devil's rejects 
probably not so much uh, Three from Hell, but you can definitely see a lot of influences that he has pulled from this movie. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I would give it a five, but I would definitely say, you know, thumbs up and definitely go watch it, especially if you like those grindhouse drive-in type movies like you were talking about. So, with that being said, Richard, you've been on here several times, but uh, give yourself a shout-out. Give your podcast a shout-out. You and Vic, take it away. Yeah, sure. So, as Ben just said, me and my mate Vic, we do a, a weekly podcast called Radio Nasties, where we sort of delve into a mixed bag of anything with uh, horror and cult. We like to mix it up, you know, do some do some really bad shit, do some underrated <laughs> shit, do some mainstream stuff, do the stuff everybody loves, do the stuff everybody hates. We just, we'll rip apart any film, even if we love it, we'll find shit to make fun of and poke fun of at it and we just basically just have a good time and talk a bunch of fucking nonsense so if that sounds good you listen to your podcast search radio and sds we've got way way over 50 movie reviews up at the minute quite a few yeah uh yeah yeah we, as i say we release every friday uh if you want to check us out on social you can find us on instagram at radio nasties or over on twitter at r nasties and Twitter is run by Vic, and you do the Instagram. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Okay, so it, with that being said, I will... I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this and you've gotten this far, you know where to find us, but uh, we are XHR underscore podcast on Instagram. We are Horror Replay on Twitter. Uh, we have Facebook, but no one ever goes on there, so I wouldn't even worry about it, but... Um, if you're listening to this, obviously you know where to find us, but we are on all major podcatchers. Uh, Stitcher seems to be our number one place to get their plays from, and uh, but we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're probably out there. Uh, iHeartRadio even. So, okay, in continuing with our social distancing uh, theme of 2020, Richard, I want to say thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, thank you again for being my most recurring guest. Y'all go out there and listen to Richard and Vic's podcast. That's the Radio Nasties podcast. And as he said, he's got well over 50 episodes out there. Some good, some bad, some ugly. But I, and, and I think I told you this once, I highly recommend that you listen to the, uh, what was it, Last House on the Left uh, comparison, the original to the remake that was a, a, a supremely good episode, if I if I may say so myself. Um, and oh, thank you very I, much. Make sure you buckle in because it's a long one. It, it was a long one, but, you know, if you're listening at work, um, it's really not that big of a deal. And and I'm not saying that. I wasn't on that episode. It, was, it is a genuinely good episode. So thank you again for coming on. We'll be in touch. And for everybody, for Nancy... Uh, I'm going to say bye y'all and Richard, sir, we will talk to you later. Thank you again for coming on, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, been a blast as usual. <laughs> we always have a good time. So be good to each other out there. And, uh, I don't know if I used Goreheads yet today, so I'm going to say bye Goreheads. Have a good week. Be safe. See ya. <laughs>